Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show, and we are glad you're here today. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, welcome to all of you on the uh, network as well. Our fine affiliate up in Menominee, Marinette. Get them out of the way first, but certainly not least, and that's WMAM hanging out up there in uh, Menominee, Marinette, Peshtigo, where the Forgotten Fire Winery is. Thanks to uh, all of you for taking a listen to us up there. One thing has changed the game of baseball. Ben, do you know what that is? It's not the shift, by the way. One thing and, has changed and the Mike game. And Mike in West Allis just mentioned it before uh, before we went to break. Well, how they deal with the balls. It Partially. But the fact is that it used to be uncommon for a guy to throw over 92 miles an hour. And now these guys are healing, heaving it up there at 94, 95, 97, 99 consistently. And you don't get guys. It used to be, you know, like Nolan Ryan was, when he cracked 90, people were in awe. When he cracked 94 and 95, people were like, oh, my God, you know. And then, you know, came along Dwight Gooden, who could get it up consistently at 94, 95. And it was just like, wow. Now that's an everyday occurrence. There's not many guys that throw under 91. You know, we get excited when, you know, we see 99 consistently because we're waiting for that 100 mark. You know, the only guy that busted it all the time was Araldus Chapman. But you're seeing guys throw 94, 95, 97 miles an hour with off-speed stuff coming in at 88, 87. And that's what's been so dynamic um, when it comes to pitching versus hitting in Major League Baseball is that these these tanks, these pitchers go into, these these analytic tanks where they put the, the, uh, the, the video scan on these guys and they're able to get perfectly their mechanics, perfectly their throwing point, perfectly their arm angle, perfectly everything that they need to get the most snap and the most twist and the most spin on the baseball. That is far. That has grown by leaps and bounds in that in, in that pitching lab, if you will, the ability to throw versus the ability to hit, as we have seen, you know, you know, hitters consistently uh, when it comes to their batting average go down, and, and I think that's been the biggest change in baseball. The shift in everything, I, I get all that. The fact that they're deadening the baseball, I like that. To be honest with you, I like the fact that they did that. I, as much as home runs are still going to be a part of the game. Are you glad to see home runs be less prevalent? Ben, are you glad to see the home runs less prevalent and guys still trying to put the ball in play rather than just doing the grip it and rip it? Oh, definitely. I've said when we've talked about broad spectrum, how do you change the game? My most exciting plays are always like triples, plays at the plate when guys are running around while the ball's in play. My genius idea to fix baseball is move all the fences back 30 feet so home runs just don't exist. But I am happier that right. they say less reliant at this point. Yeah, I, I am too. I like the fact that we're not seeing the the uh, the grip it and rip it mentality, and it's kind of subsided a bit. And it's not to say that it's, it's still not there for some, but it, it's – you know, I and I know, uh, you know, just like Taylor said, uh, these guys, it's real simple. These guys are professionals. Uh, make them learn to hit like they did back in the day. Uh, but back in the day, remember, you know, if somebody hit 90 on the jugs gun, that was impressive. Now 95, 97 is not uncommon. 
And that does make a difference. It gives you that much less time to read and react. And the big thing with baseball now is spin rate. It's not just throwing hard, but guys are throwing hard with high spin rate. You know, that that's the other aspect of this. So it's it's it has become more difficult. And again, I'm not making excuses, but I'm just telling you kind of the facts here. It has become more difficult to hit the baseball because of the the pitching labs that every the Brewers had one to like early on in this process as teams started to get this. And now everybody's got one. Everybody's got this this pitching lab that they have in their usually uh, in their like their their spring training facilities and such, where they can go into this thing and analyze and look and try to get things, um, try to get things right or get your mechanics right or however you throw the baseball to get the most spin rate on the baseball, and also to throw harder. Uh, and before, remember, it was like unheard of. My dad used to teach me. I, you know, I pitched a little bit in, in, in you know, his little league in high school and such coming up. And my dad used to teach me, you know, hey, uh, try not to, uh, you know, when I played both that and football, he didn't want me lifting a ton because it would screw up my shoulder. It would screw up my arm. It would make me bulky. And the ability for me to be able to throw and stretch it out wouldn't be there. And, you know, the, 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 the thought was if you lift, you're going to end up like one of these muscle guys with the big shoulders and the neck, and you're not going to be able to throw the baseball. And now we're finding out that these pitchers and such, they are in the gyms. They are working out. They're working on their legs. They're working on their arms. They're working on flexibility. They're working on core. They're, they're doing all, they're lifting, but they're just lifting in a different fashion. And that has also strengthened and given more miles per hour to each pitcher's uh, ability to throw the baseball. So pitching has come a long way, probably in the last decade, maybe 15 years. And it's really started to accelerate. But I also think that sabermetrics and the analytics of taking away the little nuances of baseball has effed up baseball beyond repair. That I don't know how you go back to doing the little things. I don't know how, if at all, uh, hitters today are able to read and react to take a ball the opposite way. I don't know how they're able to read and react. And that's the reason you don't see guys bunting as much either because you got guys throwing 94, 95, 97. Um, you know, I, I also think that these guys are um, not willing to turn around and, and face a 97-mile-an-hour fastball with break on it coming at them to drop down a bunt. I just don't think they are. So we don't see that either. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, do so. So, those are some of the things that have changed in Major League Baseball. Now, everybody's got to deal with it. I'm just not making an excuse for the Brewers, but everybody's got to deal with it. Some teams have dealt with it better than others. Some players have dealt with it better than others. Uh, we can all admit that. But that's part of, uh, to me anyway, why baseball has taken a turn. If you want to call it boring, is because pitching has become far more uh, you know uh, experienced and expanded than 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 hitting has just because of these pitching labs that guys have gone into um again if you want to chime in please feel free to go ahead and do so um and this one's from uh 
That's uh, from Brentley. He says, putting the Brewers aside for a second, how many years do you think the Bucks should sign Bobby Portis for? There are rumors that they are close to a, a multi-year deal. I like Bobby Portis. I hope they keep him around for the next three to five years. I, I, I like what he brings to the table. I like his tenacity. He's a fan favorite. He can shoot from the outside. He can give you some scoring. I mean, there's there's not a lot that he can't do. His his ability has a ceiling to it, but you're, you, what we've seen is what you're getting, and you might as well reward it. And you try to keep as many pieces of the band together as you possibly can, let's be honest, right? So I would uh, – there's not many changes, one, you can make, or two, you should make to this team. I think a healthy Chris Middleton down the stretch makes a difference. But what we're seeing right now with the Celtics and the way the Celtics – Celtics came out with a vengeance last night, and Draymond Green was not going to be a factor in that game. He just wasn't. They took it to him big time. And Williams came up tough last night. Williams with a lot of second-chance opportunities, crashed the boards. They did a lot of the little things last night getting second-chance uh, second points, uh, fast-break points, playing defense down under the hoop. The Celtics just came out with a different tenacity last night. And then, obviously, we're going to hold our breath today, if you're a Warriors fan, to see uh, how Steph's knee and Steph's leg is going to do after being fall on, fallen on last night and coming out in the last two minutes of that contest. But, no, I think the Bucks would be right there. I just think they need one more piece. And we all know they need a scorer. But what you're watching right now in the NBA Finals is something the Bucs didn't do all season long, and that's that's defend beyond the arc. They're good on the inside, but uh, they just they didn't defend beyond the arc very well. And you're seeing both teams and their ability to play inside out and being able to kick the ball back out to open threes and being able to hit their shots. Bucks need another guy. 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, feel free. Go ahead and do so. Um, What else do we have here? Who's this from? Uh, Andy from Port Washington. Hey, unit went to Stenny's yesterday and took the shuttle. By the way, Billy says hi. Uh, Love the whole experience. We met Ryan. What a great guy. By the way, Bill Michaels' garlic cheese bread was delicious. Thank you very much. Fun time, except for the Brewers' loss. First time ever to Stenny's. We will definitely be back. Thanks for the heads up, Andy in Port Washington. Andy, uh, awesome. Great experience. Glad you had a good time down there. A lot of fun. That is the way to go see a game. If you're gonna, That way you don't have to worry, because if you're not going to tailgate, then go ahead and you know do that down there, get a couple of beverages, let somebody else do the driving, let somebody else do the parking. All you got to do then is just you know walk up to the uh, gate, Go inside, enjoy yourself, and then head back out to the shuttle after the fact. Good stuff. Glad you enjoyed it. Um, Mark says, uh, I think the Brewers have an issue with hitting. They've stacked too many bad hitters on this team, thinking that they're going to find diamonds in the rough. The only guy they're depending on is Christian Yelich, and he hasn't been a good hitter for three years now. Why do we continue to look to Christian Yelich as a fan favorite to say that he's going to bounce back. We all know he's not. He's not stealing signs. He's not taking steroids anymore. He's nothing more than a subpar baseball player, let's face it. Damn. Damn. That's uh, that's a little harsh to say the very that's that's two now though. That's two now. Um Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's talk to Tom. Tom, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, Bill. How are you today? I am doing well. Hey. What you thinking? 
great. Hey, I got a, I, I got a comment about Craig Council. You know, I've always been a Council fan. Truly, I have been. Um, but at some point, you know, it, it seems like there's no fire under their asses right now. It seems like they're just limping around. They don't, they don't have an attitude about him anymore. And I'm wondering just sometime down the road here, even though he is a good manager and he's done a lot of good things, you know, the fans are going to get sick of ending the seasons the way we do every year. And do you think it's feasible to think, because in Wisconsin, we just don't change managers or coaches real easily, but do you think it's getting to where it's time to start thinking about a different manager, a different philosophy, you know, something to put light a fire under these guys' asses? Because I'm, I'm getting sick of watching them lose. And while I understand every team goes through it, it seems like it's getting to be a real habit, you know? What's your thoughts right. on that? Um, boy, that's a great question. I, I, okay, first and foremost, when it comes to lighting fires under asses in baseball, it's hard to do, uh, you know, because how do you can tell, how do you tell what enthusiasm is? Usually when guys are running down the dugout and ringing the bell, there's enthusiasm. And when everybody's striking out, there's not. I, I, I guess my question to Craig Council would be, at what point do you pull the trigger on trying to ignite something? You know what I mean? I, and exactly. again, I'm not exactly. sitting here saying that the bu- dropping down a bun is the way to go. I'm just simply saying when you try to do something different and what that different may be, I don't know. Is it is it you know leaning into a pitch? To, you know, I don't want to see guys get hit by a pitch, but is it leaning into a pitch just to get on base? Is it dropping down a bun? Is it is it something, something else to try to ignite just, guys, it, to try to do something out of the like more? It seems like there's too many batters standing up there taking too many pitches. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but – I've been seeing that a lot lately, you know, things right down the middle and they're standing looking at them. And I realize they're looking for something else, but you got to start you got to start swinging that back cuz you're never going to get on otherwise. And thanks for right. taking my call. All right, buddy, appreciate it, man. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. What if you were Craig Council? Let's ask this question. If you were Craig Council, what would you do? What would you, you, I'm giving you the Milwaukee Brewers. Here you go on a platter. Here you go. Here's the Brewers. You tell me now pitching aside, pitching aside, what would you do? Here's your opportunity for all the second guessers that are out there. What would you do? 877-867-1670. Stick around. We got more of the Bill Michael show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. We uh, continue on. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Uh, going to be in uh, in uh, Road America, at Road America this weekend, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Going to be there this weekend as well, uh, hanging out. Uh, really looking forward to our uh, appearance coming up in Rice Lake next week. Going to be doing the show live at Turtleback on Wednesday the 15th and Thursday the 16th. And then we'll be at Link Ford in RV Center on Friday the 17th, all in Rice Lake for the Rice Lake Celebrity Golf Outing. Cannot wait. And then uh, on the 18th, we're back into the Milwaukee area, but in Oconomowoc 
and we'll, we will be a part of the Boondocks uh, ride for uh, Heroes. Uh, so we're going to be a part of that coming up, which leaves Wisconsin Harley-Davidson and ends up back at Boondocks um, in Oconomowoc. Uh, we talk about that restaurant all the time. And they're going to have a band out there. Breaking Cadence is going to be playing. We're going to have a lot of fun with that one. But I can't wait for that event. So uh, next week we are going to be uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in Rice Lake, back in Milwaukee doing the ride on the 18th uh, of June. And then we will be, um, let's see here, Going to be at uh, uh, Celebrations on Wednesday the 22nd for our second cigar dinner, uh, my second cigar dinner of the season coming up at Celebrations on Wednesday night the 22nd out in La Crosse. I think, I'm not positive, but I think that might have just sold out. So if you have not gotten tickets yet, I would call today and see if you can't uh, can't track it down. And because it's uh, it might be sold out already. And then on Monday, the 27th, we're going to be at Cortez's in Kenosha. Cortez's in Kenosha on Monday, the 27th in the evening. We'll be there for um, for yet another cigar dinner. Go to tobaccooutletplusgrocery.com, tobaccooutletplusgrocery.com, and get your tickets. And then we will be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday back to Elkhart Lake, uh, for the 4th of July weekend, uh, really all the way up to uh, July 3rd. But uh, the NASCAR Quick Trip 250 is coming to town. We're going to be there for the Xfinity Series, the NASCAR race. And then on Sunday, June, or excuse me, Sunday, July 3rd, we're going to be giving away the brand new 2022 Chevy Camaro SS compliments of Quick Trip. So we got a bunch of stuff on the docket. I mean, a bunch of stuff on the docket. But uh, coming up next is going to be our trip to uh, Rice Lake. And I uh, next week, I can't wait. I love it. Uh, I miss it. It's like an annual reunion. And I look forward to seeing everybody up there. And thanks to our friends at Todd's Ready Mix. Uh, if you've got a backyard or any kind of a project coming up up there, Todd's Ready Mix, that's the way to go. And can't wait to see our friends over there at uh, Link Ford and RV Center. Really, really good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phone calls. Let's talk to our buddy Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Oh, not too bad, Bill. Um, frustrated. Um, just wish that analytics would have never came into baseball. Right. Because I, I really truly believe that that's what's killing it. I mean, yeah, you probably can, uh, you can thank uh, uh, Moneyball for this, but it, I think they got to get back to basics. If I was Craig Council, you know, as much as the guys probably wouldn't like it, but it's got to get back to basics. You might have to start by, yeah, you got guys throwing 90 to 100 miles an hour, and you, and you got a bunt. You got a bunt for base hits. You got to move guys. I mean, last week they had the opportunity. You know, Kane, he should be able to bunt. He's a professional baseball player. Bunt him, they would have won the game. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's frustrating. And these guys think too much. They got to go back and be more instinctive. I mean, I, I played baseball. All I remember is, is that if the ball is going to be close to the plate, you're swinging. Mm-hmm. Who cares if it's a curveball, uh, slider, fastball, changeup? If it's close to the plate, you're swinging. Right. And and I think that's the way they got to go back. Go back. Just go back to the basics, and 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 forget about all these analytics because it to me it makes the guys think too much, and and that hurts. I mean, they're just not. It's just, they're just not out there hitting like they should be. 
I and again it goes back to also pitching don't forget because of the the way pitching is today and how fast it does come it doesn't give you as much time to actually adjust at the plate but I I agree sometimes I the the analytics of baseball when they said okay it's just better to go up and try to hit a home run than it is to play the nuances and move 90 feet at a time it changed the game it, it it really did. It genuinely changed the game because guys aren't looking for that base hit anymore. They're looking for the big knock all the time. I mean, how many times have you seen a guy go to the plate and kind of swing out of his damn shoes trying to smack one out of the ballpark? Because that's what they're told they should be doing on a consistent basis now. So I agree with you. I think the analytics, it, it screwed up the game, uh, but th- that's why the game is trying to bring it back because the game is trying to say, look, uh, we screwed up. Uh, right. while it's great to grip it and rip it and great to have those home runs. That's why, look at the Brewers. I mean, they're one of the worst teams when it comes to batting average. They don't have a great OPS, but they were, what, second, I think, overall in home runs up until a couple of days ago. And yet their on-base percentage uh, is decent, not great. is decent, But it would tell you that it's an all-or-nothing team. The analytics will show you that. So that's kind of what they're doing is they're going up with the analytics saying, grip it and rip it. If we hit a home run, great. If we can hit one off the wall, great. But we're going to be an all-or-nothing team, and offensively, I don't think you can sustain like that. And, and, I, and you know, we had a water cooler talk about this. You know, think back and you know, in the early, early to late '80s with the Brewers, and you know, how would how would these guys adapt to it? You know, these guys, you know, they hit opposite kind of you know opposite way consistently. They slap the ball. You know, someone put the shift on them. The ball went the other way. Right. You know, guys, you know, and it just be kind of curious and, you know, sit down and talk to, you know, someone like Paul Mollett or even Jimmy Gantner or even Yount about, you know, how they feel about this whole thing, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it was just kind of a neat conversation. And, and even I had some fans or friends that are Twins fans and Cubs fans. And I mean, they're the same way. It's just analytics is, is hurting the game. And I mean, it's not, I think it slowed the game down once they brought it in. Yeah. No, I, it slowed the game down, and in addition to that, it also it changed the way batters approached the game, and that was yes. one of the biggest aspects about it. I completely agree with you. All right? Yes. All right. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Uh, he drops off. Kevin drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. But here's the, here's the aspect of that. You can't change it. You can't change it. You can't go back. I mean, you can, but they're not going to. Because once something is proven, you don't go back to a different way. Um, Dave says uh, players are hitting until they come to Milwaukee, so I have to uh, believe that this is the manager's philosophy. That's a great. That's a great point. Well, I mean, you know, players have struggled at times. I mean, even some of the best hitters have struggled at times. And don't forget, when Yelich got here, his first few years, he hit like crazy. You know? He hit like crazy. So then after the fact is when things began to go south. Now, was it the sign issue? Was it PEDs? Was it the kneecap issue? Was it, you know, what else was it? Lorenzo Cain hit for a while here. And then he just is getting older. And if you go via the system, Keston Hira hits in the system. He's a career minor league hitter. He's just not a good major league hitter. Mustakas hit the ball here, and then he went to Cincinnati and couldn't hit. 
couldn't hit, couldn't stay healthy. You know, I, I it's it's not just the Brewers. We see this all over. I mean, Bryce Harper struggled for a while with the Phillies. When he signed that big deal and went to the Phillies, it took him a while before he finally started coming back around. You know, we've seen Mike Trout go through uh, a bit of a drought. C- Cody Bellinger, look at I mean, he was an MVP. And Cody Bellinger has not been the same since. Basically, he and Christian Yelich are on the same tra- same trajectory. They go from the all-time high to the all-time low. So it's not just here. I can't just – I mean, it seems like it because we see this on the daily in front of our own eyes. But it's not just here. Uh, 877-867-1670. We are going to talk some racing when we come back. IndyCar is coming to town. You excited? Takuma Sato. And I, I don't know if it's Sato or Sato, and Ben's going to find out. But race car driver is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about what it's like to be going through the hills and dales and the mountains and the treacherous turns and the, and the twists of the road course that is Road America when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. As I had mentioned, coming up on uh, Sunday, July 3rd, just before the NASCAR race, we're going to be giving away a brand new 2022 Chevy Camaro SS. It's all compliments of our friends at Quick Trip who uh, are going to be, uh, well, they're the ones giving it away. I'm just, I just happen to be there to be the presenter, I guess, for lack of a better term. But uh, we're going to be there as a part of our friends uh, from Quick Trip with the uh, Quick Trip 250 on the horizon, and uh, if you uh, have not gotten yourself registered, the easiest way to do it is to go into any Quick Trip, get yourself uh, a Pepsi product or something from Jack Links, and uh, get yourself all registered up. That's the best way to do it. And uh, you get some extra registrations, and who knows, you may even win some cash along the way. They're also doing numerous other uh, contests right now. So just stop into Quick Trip, use your Quick Rewards card, pick up some Pepsi products, some Jack Link's products. You're going to be good to go and uh, kind of go from there. But it's all from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Did not get to – I will get to a Quick Trip later this afternoon, though. Got it. I, I have found myself, much like uh, many of you, when I go to fill up with gas, I'm not filling up all the way. Starting to look into the uh, the gas tank, so to speak, and, and uh, shorten up the route. You know, rather than driving back and forth and all that stuff, I think I'm like a lot of you where everybody's starting to say, you know what, uh, I'm going to do one trip, I'm going to do a circle, and I'm going to make it affordable and then come back. And it's it's uh, it's uh, it's it's that time. Start conserving a little bit, I guess might be the best way to put it. But uh, I'll be back in the Quick Trip this afternoon because I do got to stop and get some gas. But uh, love our friends from Quick Trip. Love the fact uh, that they're giving that uh, Camaro away, and I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to uh, find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. We're going to hear from uh, the IndyCar driver, Takuma Sato, coming up, who, by the way, I was I was going through uh, as we're getting ready for him to come on the program today, and hopefully he does relatively soon. 
But uh, when I was going through, did you see he actually tapped the wall in qualifying at 238 miles an hour? He tapped the wall. Tapped the wall and just kept on going. He was one of the fastest qualifiers uh, in the Indianapolis 500. Two-time Indy 500 winner coming off of the uh, Formula One series. That is uh, Sato. So we're going to hopefully talk to him coming up here shortly. But uh, looking forward to that as they get ready to run this weekend up at Road America. and going to be racing and screaming through the hills. That are Elkhart Lake. Um, uh, Jeff, by the way, says, uh, looking forward to seeing you again this weekend on Turn 7 out at Elkhart Lake. Jeff, I'll be there. We'll be riding all over the place. So hope to see you out there. Absolutely. Uh, Lisa says, what is your favorite race? Is it the bikes? Is it IndyCar or is it NASCAR? Lisa, you know, it's interesting because each one carries a different energy. The bikes, the Superbike Week, you're pretty much up close and personal. The crowds are nowhere near what they are for IndyCar and NASCAR. NASCAR is like crazy. Uh, but NASCAR carries this level of energy, carries this level of, it's a big deal. You know, IndyCar and NASCAR, when they race out there, it's a big deal. One of the cool weekends is a vintage weekend, if you've never been to that. When they bring out the vintage cars and run them, that's really cool. And they also take the vintage cars downtown, uh, downtown Elkhart Lake. They kind of put them on parade down there. So they drive the cars in town, and they park them. You can get up close and personal to them, uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a lot of fun. And it's just – here's the thing. Um, I like NASCAR weekend because it's it, there's an energy to it, okay? And I like IndyCar weekend because there's an energy to it. I love getting up there on a Thursday – getting the RV all set up, and camping. And the reason why is when Friday, Thursday and Friday night, when the track goes dark, everybody's going home. Everybody that works there is going home, except for, obviously, uh, security. Everybody's going home. And especially if it's nice out. Like this weekend's supposed to be pretty nice. Supposed to be in the 70s and starting to creep up towards the 80s next week. So 70s, a little bit of a cool night. But I usually bring the bike, not the motorcycle, but my pedal bike. And you just get a chance to pedal around and see people's setups. Now, you, if you have a golf cart or something like that, too, you can do that. But I like it because I like the workout. You know, I'll ride all over the place. It's a good workout. But you kind of pedal around and you see people's setup and camping and giant Jenga and cornhole and what people are grilling out. And it's just it's a community. It's a party. It's fun. It's relaxing, but it's it's like it's like a racetrack fell in the middle of a national park, and I, well, that's part of the reason it's called you know the nation's you know park of speed. But it's just it's really cool. NASCAR has an energy because for NASCAR weekend and really for IndyCar weekend too, but they do the best driver campsite. Which means if you decorate your campsite as a particular driver, your favorite driver or what have you, they go around and pick campsites to be um, to win prizes, and and the prizes are pretty cool actually. So you get to see the energy of people that that people put into the campsites. Uh, one year, uh, and God, I can't remember the driver's name off the top of my head, but they had the giant, you know, the cardboard cutout heads uh, of one of the drive. I can't remember the driver. He was uh, um, an IndyCar driver. It might have been Will Power. I think it was willpower, but they had this whole campsite dedicated to him, giant heads on a stick and the whole thing. And he had heard about it. 
And a lot of the drivers stay on the property. They have an area up top where their big giant motorhomes, I mean, the, the luxurious motorhomes that they go to, they set up up top. So it's like having their own house on wheels, literally. And uh, Will Power heard about it, jumped in his golf cart, a very innocuous golf cart, too. He didn't come down like in the Will Power, you know, IndyCar golf cart, but he came down in the golf cart, uh, just one of the regular ones, and stopped by and said, hey, how you guys doing? And, and these guys were pretty lit up. And they kind of looked for a second, and then they were like, holy crap, it's Will Power. And he went down and had a brat and a beer with him and hung out. It, it, it was It's just... There's an energy there at Road America that's really, really cool. So do I have a favorite? Eh, I'd probably say, you know, like NASCAR, IndyCar, sure. But it is a different experience when you have more of the track to yourself during Superbikes, Vintage, IMSA, when they come calling. It's just, it's really, really cool. But great question. Great question. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Ron says, any updates on a Fox Valley radio station? Not yet. We're working on it. Ron, we're working on it. If you know one up there that you want us on, you let us know. But we're working on it. We've 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 got uh, we got people on that. We'll say, you know, who is the really the director of network operations? If you listen to the morning show on the Zone, is our buddy Nelson Rowdy uh, is the uh, is the caller. He's the guy that uh, sets up a lot of the network stations. So uh, Rowdy's the guy to get a hold of. But uh, yeah, we're working on it. We got some other things in mind. So. Sometimes it's about waiting for contracts to run out. We get contacted all the time saying, hey, when this happens, can we do this? Sure, no problem. We'd love to do it. 877-867-1670, This is uh, from Clay who says, uh, any update on what the Cleveland Browns are going to do? Did you see uh, what happened to Deshaun Watson? Uh, We did. And we can talk about that as well when we come back. We are still efforting the uh, race car driver, Takuma Sato, uh, hoping to talk to him as uh, the IndyCar driver, uh, should be joining us at some point. At some point. Don't forget, coming up in the next hour as well, Alec Ingold is going to be here, the former Wisconsin Badger. We're going to hear from him. Uh, good conversation coming up. Hoping to talk to him a little bit about, uh, you know, well, he's with the Dolphins now, but getting uh, getting Devontae Adams out into uh, the Las Vegas Raiders organization and what that means to that organization. I want to ask him, too, about uh, the uh, the stadium out there. You know, they call it the Death Star. So I want to ask him a little bit about that as well. But now he goes down. He goes from playing with a guy like Derek Carr. Now he goes to play with Tua. So and what that difference is. And they picked up Tariq Hill, don't forget. So a lot of that coming up. So we're going to talk with Alec Ingold, former Wisconsin Badger, now with the uh, Miami Dolphins. That is also coming up on the program. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm looking out of them right now. Love them. And I just got my notification, my email, that uh, is setting up the uh, installation date, which I'm excited about. The installs, install schedule. Uh, they, uh, they have it in. Uh, it's all going to be put in in one day. Uh, they uh, uh, believe that it's going to come in the next, uh, well, probably based upon my schedule, it's probably going to be pushed till September. But uh, they want to get the thing scheduled in and get it all ready to go. But I cannot wait. Cannot wait. The final piece of the puzzle is falling into place to get my new patio door from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. That is going to happen. And if you are looking for a deal, if you are looking for windows, for innovation, patio doors, entry door systems, they've got it. They have specials. They have different financing to meet your budget. And they're just really good people. And for the money, they are voted the best value 
for the money, not only at adding value to your home, but economically, they obviously keep the heat out in the summertime and the cold out in the wintertime. But overall, whether it's windows and doors helping your energy bill or helping the value of your home, they are the best value for your money. Money well spent is what they say. Go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. Bill Michael's show continues on. Tapping the wall at 238 miles an hour. And I can't imagine what uh, what, that, what even that is is like. But uh, Takuma Sato is joining us. IndyCar driver, two-time Indianapolis 500 champion, joining us on the program. Uh, Taco, how you doing? I know that your nickname's Taco, so I'll kind of stick with that. I don't want to screw it up. But how you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Thank you very much. So let me ask you first and foremost, you're born in Tokyo, Japan. How in the world do you end up driving in uh, in IndyCar? I know Formula One is where you started, but how do you end up driving in IndyCar? Well, um, it's kind of a really long story. Are you ready? <laughs> um, well, it's a long to make it short. That, uh, I was just uh, you know crazy about cars and motoring and stuff like that. But really, um, my parents... Uh, had no idea for the what what the hell the motor racing is. So uh, I never had a chance like uh, any other race car drivers who possibly starting karting in 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 the four or five years old in the extreme case and uh, at least it's a team, right? But I started mm-hmm. racing when I was twenty. Um, the reason was that uh, you know I, I always loved the, uh, the, the 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 race, and then my dad actually took me uh, uh, back in 1987 when I was ten. Uh, going to the uh, the Japanese Grand Prix in Suzuka. That was a Formula One race. I had never been to the, any of those tracks before, so it really struck me at that time. But then I had to wait the next ten years, and then then back to Suzuka as a there is a racing school, and you have to have an age restriction. You have to be under twenty years old. That's how I started, and uh, went to the race school and got scholarship, and that's how I started. So. Uh, kind of late but you know i was very very uh the happy boy when i got to the uh the you know opportunity of that i bet uh and the fact that you're uh racing now uh indy car you've got two indianapolis 500 so what was it like to for you and i know the the coverage anytime anyone from uh, japan comes over to the americas you get a, a media contingent what was it like the first time you won the indianapolis 500 well that was just a simply amazing you know unbelievable moment you know you just never expect it um no of course we go racing you know to to have a high hope and, and a dream to win the race every single time but you know to to, to win a 500 it's just just a nothing like it and really beyond your imagination and um you know a dream about uh becoming the professional race car driver internationally and you know racing british formula 3 eventually that made me happen to the formula one and then i had opportunity to come to the states and then, uh, you know, to winning a 500 is just an amazing, amazing job. It's just an entire full respect of the, uh, the history, tradition, you know, the fans just uh, buzzing about over 300,000 people 
you know, I mean, it's just an uh, amazing, uh, amazing feeling. And, and uh, I had uh, incredible support from loyal fans back in Japan where, of course, geographically, they, they don't know about 500, you know, a lot. But, you know, after winning, um, there is uh, evening and the morning news all over the place in the nation's wise. And, uh, you know, I get uh, incredible the response. So uh, it, it was just uh, one of the uh, one of the dreams just to come true. Now you get to come to a road America, and it's interesting because there's a lot of road courses uh, throughout the country. Why is Road America seemingly, when I talk to so many racers, whether it's on the mic or away from the mic, they love Road America, they love this road course? I think it's simply the two, two, two things, right? I think it's one is history. You know, it's just a great history uh, as well. As, uh, it's just simply fast. And really challenging, you know, for, for the drivers as well as engineering too, because there is a couple, you know, slow speed corners with heavy braking from 190 miles per hour to down to the 70, 80. And, and yet you have at least the downforce, you know, you have in terms of, uh, you know, the road course calendar. You know, we had to trim because there's just so many uh, long straight and which enabled to ask the racing, you know, really, really competitively. And, and, uh, and that's why I think the fans love it. You know, okay, it might be, it's not, matching in exactly what the FYA regulations, you know, in terms of the, uh, uh, you know, downwards areas and stuff like that. But those Americas, you know, the, the people are doing a fantastic job for the safeties and, uh, you know, obviously it's matching for the uh, Indy cars and, and uh, you know, the fans love it. And, and I think most of the, uh, the drivers are picking as one of the best road courses in the world. With a smaller road, actually, uh, it's a thinner road than what you have at Indianapolis where you can go three and even, I've seen at times, four wide. Uh, at Road America, you can't do that. There's not many places to pass. So how difficult does it? Is it, is it more on your team to get you in and, out, in and out of pits much quicker? Or is there just a couple of spaces that you have to be very, very careful to say, okay, this is where I can go, like in the carousel or somebody someplace else? Hmm. Is there a place that you can say, this is where I have the opportunity? Beyond that, there's not many passing opportunities. Uh, right. Um, I think uh, the strategy, it is extremely important. And uh, to be in a, uh, the front in the qualification is also very important, you know, to, to change for the wins. But, you know, the talk about overtaking, I think, yes, it's not going to be like a Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Of course not. But I think it's still, you know, we went to the three wide. And in case, I think it was a four wide in one time, I, I, I get into the, uh, the three cars in <laughs> one time, you know, breaking into, I think uh, we called it the number one, two, three, yeah, time three, time four. Yeah, after the back straight. Mm-hmm. And that, that, is, uh, that is a possible, you know, it's, it's, it's a classic it's classic race goals in a retro, you know, we can, we can call, you know, there is, there is no luxury of a paved, um, land off area. So once you drop the wheel, you, you, you sort of, uh, you sort of, you go wild and with the kicking dust and all the stuff. And then worst case scenario, you hit the, hit the barrier, you know, for the hundred feet over there. But, but it's, it's, it's intense, you know, and Calcell, for example, one of the longest, one of the highest, you know, highest speed of the, you know, the corners. And then uh, it, it is really challenging, you know, pulling more than the four, four and a half G-force in a couple of seconds. And then uh, the cars are starting to do drifting and wobbling and stuff like that. And uh, you, have to, you have to really commit. And as very sophisticated as it is aerodynamically, you can't really follow closely. But then here you come to the very fast kink. If you can't get away, um, probably let's say the three cars behind him, and then uh, you have a huge opportunity to, to, to break in. incredibly bumpy, but it's important uh, corner to coming up. So uh, I think there is always opportunity. 
Takuma, it is a pleasure to talk with you. A tremendous story. Look forward to seeing you this weekend at Road America. Best of luck to you, and we'll talk soon, okay? Okay, thank you very much. You Have are so day. welcome. Thank you. You too. Uh, there you go. Takuma Sato going to be racing this weekend at Road America. Two-time Indy champion. Looking forward to seeing him and everybody else go rip-roaring through the road course. It is Road America up at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. More to come at the Bill Michaels Show right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.